This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hey, now it's time for our regular sports uh, segment, Game of Two Halves, every Monday around about 5.15 this time, where I host the sports uh, podcasters uh, from The Straits Times. I'm Bert Lim, and with me are sports uh, podcasters, correspondents, uh, David Lee and uh, Sazali Abdulaziz. Hi guys, welcome to the show once again. Well, last week it was officially announced that the Tokyo Olympics will be postponed from this year to next year due to the global corona, coronavirus pandemic. David and Cesali, we know that you guys are supposed to be going to Tokyo to cover the Olympics. Uh, what are your thoughts about the postponement? I think we feel a bit of the same like athletes, volunteers and other stakeholders who were Olympics bound. For us, this would have been our first Olympics and we are obviously excited about it. Quite a bit of work had already been put in in terms of coverage and we were looking forward to the actual event. Of course, with the virus so widespread around the world, the original July 24 start date would have been untenable. And it's only wise to postpone the Olympics. Now they're looking at July 23rd, 2021 as a new date for your opening ceremony. Um, but things are still very up in the air and unpredictable. So fingers crossed, you know, uh, all the preparations won't, won't go down the drain. As David mentioned, you know, coverage is one thing, but also, you know, from a, a logistical standpoint for, for reporters ourselves, you know, in terms of organising the actual trip, I think David and our ops colleagues in the newsroom have been really busy over several months arranging everything from accommodation to accreditation. And, and it's, it's like I said, it's a month-long process and, and a very tedious one at times. Uh, and I can only imagine how the athletes feel. I mean, we are just doing logistical work and, and it's ready uh, to prepare for the trip and it's already a handful. So the athletes who, who every, you know, day in, day out, every morning, you know, go through the grind to try and be at their peak, they, they must be gutted. But as David said, let's hope the show goes on and, and, and you know, eventually, you know, 2021, maybe we come out with a more special stronger games. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what are some of the uh, repercussions of, of such a drastic action? I mean, uh, it's, it's, been a, it's, it's never before that we've uh, postponed a, a, a Olympics uh, because of uh, such a reason. I mean, who will be affected and, and how? There would be no Olympics, first of all, without athletes. So I think the, the ones most affected are, are these group of people, the athletes who train four years for this moment. And then this happens. You know, at, at least for now, it is a postponement, not a total cancellation. So they still have something to look forward to. It's just a delay of, of a year. However, many athletes are on the wrong side of 30 now. You would think an extra year would take its toll on the likes of tennis stars like Roger Federer and Serena Williams, who are currently 38 years old. You know, I interviewed our own paddler, uh, Feng Ken Wei, who has won three Olympic medals for Singapore. She's currently 33 years old. And she said maintaining her form and fitness is her main goal for now. Separately, you know, finances are also a concern for her, for an independent professional athlete like her, who has to maintain her own team. She's overseas-based and she has to travel the world for competition. On the flip side, you know, um, our Olympic champion, Joseph Schooling, I think he will look at this period of extra time as a bonus to put in the hard work required to get to where he is or where he wants to be. You know, I, I'm no swimming expert, but his last competitive time for the 100-meter butterfly, which is his pet event, was uh, 51.84 seconds set in December SEA Games, which is still some way off his Olympic record of 50.39 seconds. You know, it could be that the original dates might have been too soon for him to get to his best, especially if pools closed in the United States where he was training. As such, he would have been unable to train. So I believe with the right environment, the right mindset, this delay is actually good for him. But it does throw up some uncertainties, you know, for example, like the Olympics football tournament. It is uh, the, the men's tournament is the under-23 tournament. 
So some players might be over age next year. These are some of the uncertainties out there. There are also other Olympic prospects who I spoke to. They are they're coping with niggling injuries here and there. And they said the delay is actually a blessing in disguise. So yeah, adversity presents obstacles, but also opportunities as well. I think uh, that's precisely the case. I think one person's loss is, is another's gain often. And, and I think we see it this year, you know, I think it's reassuring for athletes who have qualified to know that their place at, at, at uh, Tokyo 2021 is guaranteed. You know, some sports uh, like badminton are also looking at how they freeze and protect the current uh, race to Tokyo rank- rankings, which are, you know, sort of dependent on, on uh, which athletes depend on, on, you know, who actually earns a ticket to go there. Hardware-wise, I think there'll be a scramble to secure venues and, and maintain key infrastructure stadiums that were originally set aside for the Olympics. They will obviously be opened up now for, for bookings to recoup some money or, or perhaps maybe they stay white elephants like, you know, we see in, in some uh, major tournaments in in countries elsewhere. Mm. Uh, insurance insurance payouts will also be be interesting to, to to note because IOC typically takes out I think US 800 million insurance coverage for for games and and you know you mentioned whether you know what what the impact of such a drastic action of postponing the games is. I think that's still better to insurers than actually cancellation mm-hmm. because uh, a claim for postponement would be less than for a full cancellation uh, according to industry experts. So yeah, I think you know it's it's again it's obviously not ideal and it is a, a very unprecedented move but I think you know all around I think it's probably the, the most prudent approach. Mm-hmm. So, so, so can we talk a little bit about the pros and, and the kind of cons of, of moving this event to next year? I mean are there any obvious pros and cons? You mentioned that there are some positives and, and negatives. Uh, I certainly think it's still better than, than cancelling the, the, the Olympics altogether. But as Dave mentioned uh, earlier, I think it's uh, the disruption it brings to an already packed sports calendar is, is, is going to be very tricky. You know, uh, you know, a Summer Olympics next year could clash with the World Championships for, for athletics and, and swimming, for example. Euro 2021 is already happening next, next year as well. That will, will possibly clash with, with the Olympic football tournament. And, and you know, countries will have to decide which which ones they want to you know uh, go for, so so to speak. And it's something that still has to be ironed out. You know, the, the knots are still there, the creases are still there, and, and it's something for the organisers and the different in, uh, international federations of of sports to sort of sort out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one one good thing to come out of this is hopefully people are now more ready to deal with such emergencies and and contingency plans. I think I'm I'm encouraged, you know, by to to see that you know the the athletics. International Athletics Federation, Sebastian Cole, coming out to say that they are ready to move their world championships, the athletics world championships, even a year to accommodate the, the hosting of the Olympics. You know, previously, the IOC and Japan, they had been really adamant that the Olympics would go on as scheduled, which I thought was quite ridiculous <laughs> because how could they be so sure that the virus would, would, would be contained by then? I think this has been a lesson about um, how to react in adversity which we can all learn from, whether from the right or wrong things. Mm-hmm. And I think we also want to thank all our athletes uh, for, their, for their dedication as they continue to kind of strive to do uh, Singapore proud. And I'm sure many of them are here in Singapore are continuing their training regime and certainly hope that the Olympics will be back soon because it also means that the uh, COVID-19 uh, situation is under control. Now, if you like the Straits Times uh, Game of Two Halves, you can listen to us live right here on Money FM 89.3 every Monday evening. Or you can subscribe to hashtag Game of uh, Two Halves on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts or Spotify and like us and give us a rating. Now over to the second half of our conversation with our ST Sports uh, podcasters, uh, David and Sazali. I mean, pretty much the entire sporting world has been affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. And in football, it doesn't look like a resumption date is in sight for the top European leagues. I mean, Tottenham striker Harry
hurricane feels that the English Premier League must resume by June or be stopped entirely to kind of avoid affecting the following season. And Manchester City midfielder K. Gundogan says that if the season is cancelled, it will be fair to hand Liverpool the title. Well, what are your thoughts, uh, David Azzali? Again, again, it's about responses and contingency plans. And I feel in football, it's a far more complex decision than the Olympics postponement because at least the Olympics have not started. The EPL, for example, you know, they have nine more games. They, they have already played about 30 games, 29, 30 games. It is not a clean slate. Every game has an effect on the position, whether it's promotion, relegation, prize money, qualification for European competitions, which in turn brings in more money. So already in English football, all leagues below the top four divisions have been voided. The results have been expunged and threats of lawsuits are already emerging as a result. You know, the Northern Premier League leaders, South Shoes, they invested heavily in a bid to climb out of the seventh tier. They, they are currently 12 points clear at the top of their league. And then, you know, now news is that their, their, season, their, their season is over and, and the results the results are cancelled. Surely there are valid reasons to, to feel aggrieved, especially... You know, if uh, results in the top four divisions, on the other hand, continue to stand. You know, now, now they're saying if the EPL season cannot be completed, they are, they're considering handing the title to Liverpool. So if that's the case, why, why shouldn't that be the case for, for every division below them? So I'm, I'm sure every Liverpool supporter would gladly take the title, even if it's won this way. Forever be an asterisk attached because there's still a mathematical chance they can be overtaken. And further down the table, you know, would clubs have a legal case if, if they miss out on, on Champions League or if they, if they get relegated now, you know, by just a few points when there are still you know, around 30 points to play for. So these are the things that, that make any decision a, a complex one. Yeah, so, you know, the Players Football City and Premier League have been in talks about, you know, several issues such as deferring wages and, and when the league might potentially start. I think one of the, the British newspapers actually reported that there could be a June resumption of the Premier League with, you know, sort of everything pushed forward, which is still far from ideal because, uh, you know, under the so-called possible plan, the league will resume in the second week of June. Teams playing once every three or four days, which is mental considering the players have not been playing football mm-hmm. for two, three months. Mm-hmm. And then... And then there'll be a break and the FA Cup quarterfinals will begin in late August after a preseason, which is again something that you know seems bonkers right now to start the season <laughs> with a with a knockout season quarterfinal stage. And yeah, you know, and then the Premier League season starts after the FA Cup final. So I feel like we're living in bizarro land, you know, when we when we have to think about these kind of contingency measures. But unfortunately that is the reality that, that we are in right now. And and you know, in terms of the Champions League, Alexander Seferin, the UEFA chief has already said that you know if football doesn't start in June this season is probably lost you know to, to quote him he said probably lost we might not even see a Champions League winner you know this season so you know in the record books uh, on your Wikipedia page you'll just see a plank where the name of the winner should be so again you know these are, are very drastic and, and, and unprecedented measures but it's it's something that we really sort of should um, wake up and, and realise that you know that there could be a real chance this happens Mm-hmm. Well, thank you very much for your thoughts, guys. Uh, that's really uh, our final whistle for our sports discussion of the week. We really hope you enjoyed listening to us. Uh, this is uh, David and Apostle Zali. Thank you very much for your time right here on Game of Two Halves on Money FM 89.3. That was an SPH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3.